From those in the know to those who need to know, this is the Indie Weekly Podcast. All right. Hey, how's it going? Back here for another week. So coming up on the podcast this week, um, what we're pulling out of the archives to share you is a session from Indie Week 2022. It was called Export Opportunities for Canadians Abroad. In this session, uh, it's hosted by Andrew Cash, the president and CEO of SEMA, which is, of course, the Canadian Independent Music Association. So when it comes to building a devoted audience, doing it at home is, of course, the number one goal for most artists and small businesses. But at a certain point, if you want to make a career out of it, you need to go abroad, no matter which country you're from. You need to tour, sell records, sell merch, and generate excitement outside your home market in order to maximize your opportunities and livelihood. So in this conference session, again from Indie Week 2022, Andrew Cash and his expert panel share the resources that are available for international growth to help artists find out what the right time is to seek export opportunities. So it's a fantastic conversation. Glad to be sharing it again, and I uh, hope you enjoy. But as always, before we get to this week's conversation, we must first acknowledge that the land on which Indie Week is based is the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Wendat, Ashinaabe, Métis, and Mississaugas of the Credit First Nation. Of course, we must also thank our sponsors and funders. Those are Slate Music, CD Baby, Actor Racks, CMRRA, Lyric Find, Banzoogle, SEMA, City of Toronto, Global Affairs Canada, Ontario Creates, Factor, Seneca College, and the SOCAN Foundation. We must also acknowledge that this project is funded in part by the Government of Canada. Without the support of all of them, we couldn't do the work we do for the music community. So a big thank you to all those companies, organizations, and government bodies. All right, now to this week's conversation. And here is Export Opportunities for Canadians Abroad, presented by SEMA. And we wanted to have a panel that has different inputs, and, and I'm really excited for this session. Uh, I really respect the work that everybody on this panel does, and I want to give as much time to it, so I'm going to jump right in, and we're going to have everybody introduce themselves, and we're going to start with Andrew Cash from SEMA. Well, you just did my introduction there, Daryl. I'm Andrew Cash from SEMA, <laughs> the Canadian Independent Music Association. We are the um, voice of the independently owned, Canadian-owned companies, uh, music companies, uh, and we do a lot of um, advocacy, professional development, and export and showcase opportunities on the international stage. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. Um, and we'll get more into detail about that. Um, I'll, I'll be mm -hmm. in your brain a little bit. Uh, and I would like to now turn the mic over to uh, Dana from Music Nova Scotia. Hey, I'm Dana. Uh, I'm from Music Nova Scotia. We're in Nova Scotia on the East Coast of Canada. Uh, I'm the Events and Strategic Development Manager uh, at Music Nova Scotia. And that just means I get to take uh, artists to exporting events. Um, I've also played in a band that's done exporting events for a handful of years, and yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild ride so far. <laughs> and, and you just had uh, Nova Scotia Music Week. Yes, uh, yes, we did yesterday. How could I forget? <laughs> yes, uh, which I was at, and and it, you did a great job. Uh, it's been it's been an amazing event. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, and Sean uh, from. Uh, hi, yeah, I'm Sean, um, executive director at, at Manitoba Music, um, and uh, yeah, like Dana, you know, we're a provincially based organization here in Winnipeg, working on um, on lots of stuff, but including export, um, trying to connect export to the to the training that we do, and and um, you know, trying to be, uh, I guess, um, aware of opportunities, uh, in, you know, outside of our borders, but also trying to make connections and, and bring folks in. To Winnipeg um, as well, you know, similarly to to with Nova Scotia Music Week, so that sort of inbound outbound piece of it as well. And um, I should say also, we have the opportunity at 
Metro Music also to do a little bit of work. Um, uh, specifically, we've we've done some uh, uh, support for indigenous artists and companies around around export, um, folks from Manitoba as well as from across the country, um, as well as um, francophone um, artists based in in Western Canada. So looking at sort of specific opportunities uh, um, there for for francophone artists and companies. Um, and we also run a, a training program with with in partnership with Dana. Um, and in Music Nova Scotia called Passport, where we work, um, you know, really kind of uh, quite a bit more intensively with a smaller group of artists and companies around their um, export uh, strategies and preparing for export. Awesome. Thank you so much. And uh, I just want to make a comment that I really, like I said, I really respect the work that everybody on this panel does. And uh, I really strongly believe one, Sean, uh, Music Manitoba does a great job at all the programs you do, like I, I, I see Music Manitoba in so many places, uh, and it's always well run and very professional. Uh, and Dana, working with Music Nova Scotia, um, also representing East Coast artists and businesses abroad, has been really great to see. Because, and I'm saying this from a Canadian lens, in the sense that you know, when you're in Toronto, you don't tend to hear much about what the rest of the country is doing at times. And uh, the joke is Toronto is the center of the universe and such, but we do recognize it. And I, I really appreciate that work you guys are doing and thank you for being here. And uh, Andrew with SEMA. So SEMA is kind of like the umbrella overlooking nationally uh, Canadian artists and businesses and making sure that there's spaces in events like Reaper Bond uh, and there's activities that are negotiated with the embassies and governments and and such. So we've been we've had talks earlier today on how to connect with say Global Affairs Canada, but now we've also been saying connect with the music export offices because they're doing so much of the work for you to open up these opportunities. And so that's what this session is about. We're going to talk about some of these opportunities and the work that everybody on this panel does. And we're going to start broad so that means andrew cash we're going to talk to you first about um when with sema what are some of the opportunities that you guys are presenting and what does that look like like say a canada house at reaper bond and what are some of the opportunities that maybe people aren't quite uh so up to date about because uh, sometimes i find artists find out after it's happened and uh we want to make sure that they know uh, about it ahead of time. So that's a lot, I know, but uh, I'll pass the mic over to you, Andrew. Well, thanks, Daryl. And broadly uh, speaking, SEMA uh, helps SEMA uh, partners with 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 others, including um, Music Manitoba and Nova Scotia and uh, other MIAs to present Canada House at a bunch of different festivals uh, and conferences all over the world. And uh, generally, you know, the way the the way many of these um, events go, the 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 you know the organizers, programmers of the event will pick some uh, Canadian acts and and what to to come and perform at their festival. And what Canada House does is 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 uh, give an opportunity for a second play at at these events and and it's also uh you know particular focus on obviously canadian acts and um and also the businesses that support those acts and uh you know we we are an organization that as you say um is focused on on artists and on the companies that support the artists and we are also uh dedicated to helping promote and develop and giving resources uh, to Canadian-owned companies, including artist entrepreneurs, uh, to, to see them succeed on the global stage. And, and just if we're speaking just broadly for a second here, I just, I, I think we've seen a real, a real shift in the music business. In, and, and in Canada, this is an incredibly important shift, which is Whereas, let's say, you know, when, when I was a musician, like, you know, I played in bands for 25 years or so, we were a lot of times focused on building an audience in Canada. And, and it was hard to get your music outside of the country. 
and also hard to get you physically outside of it as well. Um, and fast forward to today, and not only do you know we have music industry associations like CMA, like like uh, you know like Sean and and Dana's organizations to help facilitate acts to get to these places, but we have global platforms of distribution that that have just fundamentally changed the game. And for Canadians, I think this is a like an incredible opportunity. There's huge challenges understood. And we, we you know, many times the challenges are the things that are that get enumerated the most. And I think for the way the, you know what we're looking at is 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 the opportunity to find your audience in different pockets of the world. Uh, and that's part of what SEMA uh, tries to, to do, tries to help do with you. Uh, and, and I got to say, uh, SEMA does an amazing job. And I see the website address was put into our chat. But also, I, I want to also address that um, all these organizations have memberships, or most of them do. And so one of your first points of entry is to become a member. And often the information will then be fed to you through newsletters and call outs. And you're running events, education webinars, but also meetups and uh, trade missions and so many other opportunities mm -hmm. to help build towards that showcase opportunity. Um, that's yeah, a really you can good comment point. on that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Like, so, so first off, you know, our business, the music business is ridiculously complicated and complex. And, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know every business out there in the world, but my guess is it's one of the more unnecessarily complicated and the, the people who, for whom that uh, is the most challenging are the musicians, you know, the, the, the artists. Right. And so, and, and, you know, frankly, when I was a musician, I wish, I wish I knew about music industry associations, many of them, you know, you know, I, I, it would have been great. So we all do try to, I think all of us on this panel, try to let musicians know that these resources are there. But I think it is really important that we think about, okay, how do you work up to an export play? You know, and and I think there's a lot of bands out there, and I I count my you know one iteration of my career as one of them that probably went to a, a international showcase event too soon, and wasn't able to really fully capitalize on the opportunity. And I think those are really important conversations, sometimes difficult ones actually, to have with uh, with artists and and with the artist team. That you know you, you need to really sort of work on some of the building blocks so that when you get to this uh, export showcase which you know they're not cheap uh that you can make the most out of them and we'll be back crypto web3 blockchain metaverse let's be honest most of us don't know what the hell this actually means but it's important and it's going to affect your music business your music career so Let's all get past the hype, the buzzwords, and find out what all this stuff you're hearing about is actually going to mean for you and the music industry. Plus, wouldn't it be nice to also connect with innovators, thinkers, the folks leading the way in this tech frontier? Meet us at Screen by Screen from February 7th and 9th. Plus, our online platform also helps you kickstart relationships with other artists, creators, and professionals. So meet us there February 7th and 9th. 2023 screen by screen that is screenxscreen.com and we're back oh, absolutely and and uh we're gonna jump to sean but before we do i have to just make a comment about canada house at reverbon i was working with a band from uh, the ottawa region we were able to get a showcase through music ontario on canada house and they got signed to a german label yeah um yes. unfortunately yeah, yeah. unfortunately covid uh, happened right yeah on the release date, uh, which uh, changed some plans. But that's yeah. that's an example of a result that can happen uh, through SEMA so, and, and our provincial association. So thank you. Yeah, and, and you know, we have, you know, set, we've set up business one-on-one -on -one meetings in, in these markets as well for the teams that support the artists. And, and uh, those, those begin relationships that, you know, that, that can last a career. 
Absolutely. Uh, relationships. We've been talking about it all day and, and I just can't say enough about building relationships uh, and ongoing over time because you never know what's going to happen five, 10 years from now. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, Sean, I'd like to bring you up and um, you do such great work, but running music uh, or Manitoba music, um, you're the one that's helping negotiate with, say, an Andrew or SEMA. How are you putting together, uh, looking at what festivals or showcases should you invest your time in? And, and there, there's a lot of work that goes into that to make sure it's worthwhile for the artists that are going. Mm -hmm. um, what are some of the procedures that you go through to, to make sure um, it fits your criteria and such? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, yeah, I mean, we're talking about this all the time. And I think, you know, maybe the, the short initial answer is that different different events and uh, can have can can have a different sort of purpose. And different artists can have different reasons to be at an event at different times. And so that's maybe a complex answer. But, you know, we sort of there, you know, these these events, like, especially a bigger event, like, you know, take a South by Southwest or something is unwieldy, you know, giant event, but it's the same with Great Escape and some of these other events in these markets, you have um, you have artists that are coming through at a discovery mode where they don't have a team, any team in the market yet. And they're really, um, you know, they're really coming in and this works, you know, this works better in some markets than others. It works great in Germany because Germany is such by the nature of the music market is such a discovery oriented market. They love working with new artists. They want to get involved before too many other people are involved, you know, often. Um, so you have artists sometimes that are coming in in that discovery mode where you know that the art is great. You know, the show is amazing. You know that as soon as people see it, sparks are going to go and, 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 and some relationships are going to be formed. Um, and then you have other artists that maybe are coming through in more of sort of like a marketing cycle where they've got some team in the market already. They've got a record that's, uh, you know, some, some music singles or an album that's about to come out, or maybe some has just come out or there's a tour coming up. And they're in that mode of like re-engaging people and, and getting, you know, building excitement around, um, uh, you know, either around their audiences or even around their teams. You know, and I think when we talk to some of the established um, uh, companies even like some of Andrew's members and some of the companies that are really engaged in supporting artists um, internationally, you know, they, they know, they see the same thing that I think we've seen is that, you know, it's being, being in the market, being on the ground to generate that excitement, to, to re-engage the, the partners, sometimes is equally as important as going for the first time to create those relationships. And so there's different reasons that people can go into different markets. Um, you know, the size of the event or the, the impact of the event, um, you know, again, sometimes smaller events, like, you know, we have some great relationships with some of these smaller events like Focus Whales or, um, uh, you know, where it's, it's, it's not, you're not playing to all of the music industry from the UK, which maybe is what we were trying to accomplish if we're at The Great Escape, but you know that the folks that are there you're going to see them more than once. You're going to see them over the course of a few days. You're going to be able to have a, you know, you know, maybe have a drink or grab a coffee, be able to talk to them. Maybe you're playing more than once on the festival. So if they really like it, they can drag a few colleagues there the next day. And so those, in that way, those smaller events can sometimes have just as much impact or more impact than, than, a, than a really big event. So I think we do different events for different reasons. We do different markets for different reasons. You know, sometimes we'll go and do an event in the UK not necessarily thinking that we're trying to get the artists UK radio, but we know that the Germans are going to be more accessible there than they were at home, you know, in the other. And so, so it is complex, but I think, you know, that's why I think the strategy piece is so important and thinking ahead about why you want to be in that market at that time, talking to your music industry association or talking to other folks that have been to the event before. And, and that's, you know, that's been our our goal with something like Passport is like, let's have this conversation a year ahead of time, right? So that we're really thinking about why we want to be in the market at that time and, and what, what makes sense there. And some events, you know, it's funny when you talk to people, someone, oh, I don't like that event. I don't go there. And I, I, you know, I think people have had different experiences, positive or negative at different events. And I, I think for the most part, the people that are involved in this work are very genuine about what they're doing. They're trying to support the independent Canadian music sector. Some things are going to work for some artists and not for others. Um, but, but yeah, we're having those conversations, um, all the time, you know, I mean, to give just a final kind of 
sum up on the, the events that we find really valuable, like Reaperbahn Festival, which you mentioned, the German market, especially for Western Canadians, we just find it to be so useful and, and such great partners there and such a great touring market in, in a home base in Europe. Um, you know, the Great Escape, just again, because of the quality of the art that's there, the, the, the number of folks that attend, you know, we love to be at South by Southwest. There's no event like it in terms of, you know, the presence of internationals and Americans and excitement around it. But we also love being at those some of those smaller events and an event like Breakout West that we help run in Western Canada. You know, sometimes we'll have more relationships come out of that because it's so personal. It's so small. It's so hands on. Yeah, I, I really agree. Like when it's some of the smaller events, you're actually oh, that's, uh, sometimes the delegates are this group that move from one thing to another thing and you're on a bus or on a boat and this and that. And by day three, you're friends and and you've got that time to build those relationships where sometimes at South by you literally see somebody for five minutes and you might not see them again for the entire festival. Uh, it's, it's crazy. So, uh, Sean, um, now, now you mentioned, uh, uh, I just sort of want to give some space here, uh, about some of the in indigenous programs that you're also working on. Uh, are you working on export with the indigenous communities? Is that part of it or, or you're leaving that up for uh, another organization? Yeah, no, I mean, we have been, you know, really involved in that. And I think we had an opportunity, unfortunately, again, you know, we talked about COVID. We, we had an opportunity of some extra funding through that work. It ended up sort of um, uh, being capped a little bit by, by, by COVID. But, you know, I think it's, a, it, again, it's a really exciting time to be, um, to be thinking about where uh, Indigenous um, artists and music companies are, and there's a lot of Indigenous folks doing this work. We're not trying to be uh, in the way of that or take anyone's place there, but we're trying to make sure that we can lend our expertise as much as possible to those, to those efforts. And, you know, I think that there, we, you know, we've found that um, in working um, Indigenous communities and working with um, Francophone communities, you know, there's a, there's success that comes out of an, uh, an environment of sort of cultural safety and cultural connection. And if you can provide that environment, you know, these events can be so overwhelming to get into. And I, and I think that that's the work we're trying to do in general is provide that sort of support and sense of community so that when artists and companies go into these environments, they're not completely overwhelmed. And that's even more the case, I think, you know, often with, with Indigenous artists is being, you know, being able to have Indigenous staff work with folks um, where there's this, there's a shorthand, there's, there's a cultural, you know, sort of understanding, there's a, there's, there's a, there's an opportunity to, um, to already understand what some of the challenges and opportunities are going to be. And, you know, in some ways, for as long as, as, um, as Indigenous music, I think, from our perspective, has been sort of at the forefront in Canada, I think that it's an exciting early stage in some ways in terms of in terms of export, you know, beyond a couple of superstar artists, like in terms of really helping the community, um, those artists and companies that, that want to connect with international artists. Um, Alan Gray is one of our colleagues from here in, in Winnipeg, just got back from Paris with a group of, of, of Indigenous artists and companies. And it was a real interest and a real, I think, genuine interest, um, uh, not superficial. Uh, from 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 international um, uh, music companies and artists, and so yeah, I mean, we hope to continue to try to support those efforts as much as we can. Awesome, thanks so much, Sean. I, I really appreciate that. Um, and uh, Dana, we want to throw the mic to you. Um, one with the music of a Scotia hat, but also the event that you just ran, bringing in a lot of international delegates. Um, I, I got to say, it was a great job, uh, very well run, and um it's it's a kind of place where you make a lot of connections you know um so can you talk about kind of wearing both those hats of doing export but also running a, an event uh that leads to export yeah i mean i think the whole goal for us is like a music industry association when we go over besides just as supporting our artists when they're overseas or in places that aren't in Canada um, is to meet folks that we can bring to Nova Scotia Music Week um, and bring over to Nova Scotia to see more great talent. Um, and yeah, so it's kind of just about like building a personal connection and building relationships on behalf of the artists that we know that they could potentially work with. And then, yeah, inviting them, <laughs> ideally inviting them to Music Week and hopefully they have a good time <laughs> and meet other folks. 
um yeah kind of like what you were talking about with like focus whales how it's like a smaller event and groups of delegates you know kind of you kind of move in a circle together uh music week is very much like that it's just about 40 delegates that we invite and we kind of plan their whole event for them and keep them in a group so that they can build their own connections uh, which is also really important and makes them want to come to the event uh, itself and then also they kind of are talking all amongst themselves about the artists that are performing and uh, that kind of just builds build it builds on itself over and over again yeah awesome and and uh, I remember being at Focus Wills with Scott Long uh, mm -hmm. and uh, the first time having a, uh, a music Nova Scotia there. Uh, so just to sort of put this all in perspective for our audience. So these export opportunities abroad, as, as we started with Seaman, worked our way to the more local side, is it can start locally by like we've been talking about go to another country to showcase, but you can actually showcase at a festival in our country uh because these delegates are being brought in and that can be one of your first steps so maybe look at what festivals and conferences are happening in canada that brings international delegates and that alone could start that relationship that booker from uh i'm thinking uh simeon for instance uh from treetop agency he goes back home and he might start talking about you you keep relationships and then there's a potential conference or festival in his territory. Uh, so think local first sometimes and then build outwards. And it's about connecting with local music offices, uh, then SEMA as far as uh, national level. And uh, I want to sort of talk about funding a little bit here. We're very fortunate in Canada to have funding opportunities that many countries do not. And sometimes when I talk to my American counterparts, they have no comprehension about our mm -hmm. funding. Uh, so we're very lucky about that. Um, and let's talk about some of the funding opportunities that can happen in conjunction with the services you, you're providing. Uh, and one that comes to mind personally is I did a trade mission to uh, Latin America through SEMA, where I was able to get half of my travel costs uh, paid for, or reimbursed. Uh, so can we talk a little bit about funding opportunities and uh, uh, we'll go the opposite way around. So Dana, we'll start with you. Sure, I mean, uh, we have a funding program. I think Music Manitoba does as well, um, right? Yeah, okay. Wasn't sure, cause it's like creative Sask has one but Sask Music doesn't. Um, but anyways, yeah. So we have a we have a funding program that offers tour and showcasing support. So if you're going out on a tour that doesn't include a conference showcase, then you can get funding for that. But then if you're doing something with a showcase, like a conference showcase, you can get specifically that. Um, and you can kind of double down with factor funding um, to help you get there. I mean, like Reaper Bond's about 10K for a band of four people it can be a little bit less if you're one or two people um if you're doing like focus whales and the great escape i've seen it be you know if you do both it's about the same so it's not inexpensive um but you can get support to to help you do it and i think that's kind of also something to think about when you're thinking of, about doing export is like well how much am i willing to invest into this this thing because you're not going you're probably not going to do it for free um and you won't make any money off of it so it's very much like okay do i have fifteen hundred dollars that i can put in on top of the grants that i could potentially get and also the fact that you have to you have to front all the money because factor doesn't look at applications until the month of the event anymore and you probably won't know <laughs> about your own application like for us until the month or a month before or something, you probably won't get the money until it's after it's done anyways. So um, those are all things to think about because I think that people hear that they can get funding and then they're like, okay, well, cool. And then they arrive wherever they're, wherever they're going and they haven't actually thought about the money side of it. Um, but yeah, all of that stuff is less fun, but very, very important, like keeping all of your receipts and invoices and Oh, an actual budget and stuff like that. Yeah. 
we, we all have to sort of have an accountant hat to put on once in a while when yeah. we're doing these. Uh, Sean, uh, would you like to add to that? Yeah, I mean, not, not too much else to say on that. I think um, other than just acknowledging like, you know, the, 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 the post COVID um, sort of inflationary uh, challenges around travel right now and the cost of it. I, and I know like we've had some artists back out of opportunities because, you know, obviously the funding structures haven't, haven't changed in, in, in light of the, of the changes of the, of the costs. It, you know, maybe they will, but not, not yet. They're not quite that nimble generally. So, you know, it is, it, it is an investment. And even though we are lucky to have that funding, I think that um, it is, as Dana said, you know, something to be really thoughtful about in terms of making sure that there's a budget and, and, and thinking about it, you know, as an investment, um, you know, recognizing that, you know, I think even for a lot of touring artists in a new market, even when you're touring and making money, potentially you're not, you're not coming out ahead in some, in some markets, right? You're using that first tour as an investment in building and building a fan base or in, in, uh, and, and, you know, and obviously showcasing is the same. It is a bit of an investment. So I think that we are lucky to have those structures. We do try to make it not as precarious as, as it would be for American artists and some, and, and UK artists and some others who are going to these events so that um, artists aren't fully on the hook for it, but, but it is, it is tricky. Um, and like Dana said too, every province is a little bit different in terms of the way the provincial side runs. So everybody should apply to Factor or Music Action for, for support for sure. If you have, you know, there's, there's eligibility um, requirements still with Factor. You have to have had a record out within the past, a full length album out within the past two years or coming up within the next six months um, to be, to be eligible. And a lot of the provincial, um, uh, funds have, you know, maybe something like that. They might be all a little different, but, and as Dana said, sometimes it runs through an office like ours, like through the music industry association. Sometimes it runs through the, the provincial funder. Uh, sometimes it runs through the arts council. So it can be a little different depending on where you're in. So just making sure you're checking that. And some artists would be eligible potentially for Canada council support too, which, which can be quite good. So it's worth, it's worth looking at, at that as well. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much. Um, Andrew. Uh, anything from SEMA's side in terms of approaching funding? Well, like, like Sean said, there, there's yeah, funding can come from all sorts of different places, and sometimes you know you have to have your your ear to the ground and be lucky to hear where the money is coming from. It's a, it's unfortunate, but we obviously we have like some very stable uh, um, funding organizations like factor and uh, um, <clears throat> SEMA isn't a funder per se. Uh, we, um, you know, if, if we go back in time, uh, SEMA and its predecessor SERPA were, were instrumental in the creation of factor and Radio Star Maker. And part of our job, part of my job is to ensure that, uh, that, that these funds continue to be funded. Uh, so that's part of the work that SEMA does on the policy side. Um, but on the export side, uh, I'll just give you an example of some of the, some of the, you know, we, we help to provide the opportunity um, for artists to showcase. Um, and we also help some uh, often uh, to, to, to bring business people and get them connected. And, uh, and we're usually working in conjunction with various government uh, agencies sometimes with MIAs it, it really is is a real mix but um, uh, our um, colleagues at breaking down racial barriers uh, just convened a, a uh, they're in the middle in the in process of a an excellent managers uh, sort of um, uh, accelerator program for black managers and and those uh, events were in New York and Los Angeles, and SEMA helped to get all those managers uh, there. And SEMA helped to, you know, provide the the travel for for those managers. So it, it it's there isn't a huge uh, like a real set script here. Um, we do have we do have um, export funding and. Part of it's for business for the businesses, and part of it obviously is to is to is to get those showcases rolling. Right, and uh, but I, I, 
Oh, I just gonna let's say thank you for that advocacy part because uh, one thing that did come out through COVID was the cracks with the government on uh, how to communicate with the music industry. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I just wanted to just make a small comment about um, your comment about how lucky we are to to have um, you know public funding or and I I really encourage everyone to consider this as public investment in the arts, in your business, in your arts practice, um, investment in, in the music uh, ecosystem is a, is a net benefit for, for society, but also for our economy. But it doesn't happen by accident. And, and it really is up to us as citizens of this country to continue to uh, to express publicly the importance of arts and culture, and and the need to invest in it, and and that's so so you know you you reference the United States, I mean, this thing just didn't happen just because it happened. I mean, it happened because people pushed to make it happen, and it's and that's part of SEMA's job, but it's our collective responsibility to continue to, uh, to, to, to publicly uh, support and explain sometimes the importance of these investments in our, in our sector. Yes, and, and um, one thing I wanna mention is we do have a funding session tomorrow, but also to, you know, kind of, uh, you, you made me think of something, Andrew, is that, um, Often people hear about, we have a grant, they apply for it. But the, the one thing that I, I really wanna stress is respect for this opportunity, respect for this funding and do the due diligence to live up to it. And, and I, I sometimes see, you know, people take advantage of it or they try this or that and, and such. But the one thing is we are lucky to have it. And one thing that, basically everybody's looking for is results. And, and if we could just do a quick comment on that and I'll have another question soon, but uh, what are the results that you're looking for from an export opportunity? And I'm kind of alluding to, we all have to do that report back to the funders. And, <laughs> and the, the goal is that they fund us again and, and so on. But, but what are some of the uh, outcomes that you're hoping for uh, that is considered a result. And uh, Andrew, we'll start with you. Well, the the number of uh, the number and the quality of meetings that uh, that the the companies have with uh, with counterparts in other countries. Um, obviously, the shows and the ability for for artists to to get in front of people. Um, uh, connections with uh, booking agents, um, connections with with, distrib with distributors, with potential, you know, brand uh, brand aligned sponsors, and of course, um, you know, getting a, getting some kind of record deal. Uh, we've had we've had all of those scenarios happen, and they're super exciting uh, when they do, and we all know like how how hard everyone works to get to those places. So it is exciting, but those are, those are results. Um, but I think it's important for us to, to also acknowledge that uh, this is a long game, you know, and to Sean's point, you know, it's like you, you start in a place that makes sense and you keep, you keep thinking about that. Well, what makes sense, you know, and, and how do I, how do I make that happen and who can help me make that happen? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Sean. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a long game. I, I think, um, you know, certainly we have artists come out of these experiences with a new relationship with a booking agent or signed to a label, you know, and, and that's often that's, that's really the, the, those are the big goals that we're trying to get, you know, in terms of, in terms of the artists and companies, but and yeah, the idea of, of starting relationships that might take two years to actually turn into a business relationship is not uncommon at all, right? And, and we're, 
I think we're in a business where, um, uh, you know, most people could go and do other things to to make money. Most people are doing this because at some at some level because they love music and they love independent music and and part of that is personal too. They like music people and they want to work with 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 people that that they like. And so that idea of like being in a place, meeting someone in person, I think is pretty integral to our our business. I think we learned a lot over the past couple of years about things that we can do virtually, digitally, connecting with with folks. And and hopefully there's stuff that we learned that will continue to carry forward with us in terms of um, you know, not only needing to be on the ground to have meetings and 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 there's lots of lots of good things that happened. But I think it also reinforced the nature of the social personal business that we're in. People want to like each other, they want to know each other, they want, you know, especially if you're, you know, some some people in the business, you're going to talk to this person, you know, if if not every day, every week, you know, and, and you want those conversations to be pleasurable. And so that that idea of meeting people and being being present and show and 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 playing and you know, we also know that we're there's so much music in the world right now being produced, and we know that if we're not present in the market, other artists are gonna are gonna take those opportunities, are gonna build those relationships, and so it's you really you know it's like you got to have a ticket to get on the ride, you got to be present to win. I think are accurate. Like if you've got to be a part of that um, environment, milieu, and and especially for independent artists, you know, if you've got some team around you, maybe the, those people are doing some of that work for you too. But so we really feel that it's like necessary, but not sufficient. Of course, there's all sorts of other factors in terms of whether something resonates in the market or whether you happen to meet the right person at the right time. Um, so lots of variables, but um, but yeah, as, as Andrew said, everything from signing a record deal to had a great meeting, you know, can be a result from, a, from an event and that, and not to discount that had a great meeting or, um, you know, had 50 people at the show and we don't know what's going to happen, but but maybe something. Of course, we're always trying to create the situation where it's more like this and there's those results are coming out. And, you know, I think one of the key ways to do that really is just like, again, it's about meeting people. Like we know from the events that we run that when someone from the business agent or a, or a publisher or um, uh, someone who runs a label or works in a label has met with an artist and made a connection, absolutely they want to go see that show you know because they have that personal relationship with the artist and you know that versus someone just kind of showing up because of your buzz or whatever you know it's it, no contest in terms of where the the results come from so that idea of building relationships it, it all contributes into into the outcomes and you know i think sometimes artists um you know, can feel maybe a little bit like, well, I just, you know, I make music, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to show up and I'm going to play. And, and if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And unfortunately, in this kind of environment, that doesn't always work so well. You know, I think being able to, to, to make the time to connect with people usually creates better opportunities for more results to come out of it. Oh, I love that. And uh, Sean, I got to say, uh, it's funny, uh, just being out East, um, you brought me out for the January music meeting that one year. And I have to say the person that sat next to me at that last dinner is now our lawyer. So there's a result. <laughs> and, and so, um, Dana, I know a lot's been talked about this, but uh, anything to add on the results side of things? I mean, they honestly, Andrew and Sean kind of said it all, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a ROI. It's your return. It's our return on investment. So it's like, we've invested in you. The government's invested in you, the province, whatever has invested in you. What are what can we say so that we can continue to get the cash? And yeah, it can be pretty much anything. I think for me, it's like, is there a plan to do it again? And without the showcase event, like, have you made a plan to to start touring in that market or like go over for another event or whatever? Um, and sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of those are the big things that we're looking for. Yeah. And uh, I'll just sort of summarize a little bit is that often everyone's looking for that instant result. It takes time. And, and as Sean said, it's a long game that may take two years, may take five years. Uh, but one thing that I could say that you can do to help is if something does come about, report it to the organization that you're working with. Uh, report it to the event that produce helps produce that result because it helps empower them in their reporting uh, because we it is all about the reporting to the funders to c 
continue that process of a uh, making Andrew's job easier on the advocacy side because it proves the economic impact um, and and it helps potentially increase the funds. And again, we're really super lucky in Canada, especially uh, of the last couple of years. Um, I think as a positive, it's open conversations with the funders and the governments on how important the arts is. Now, a um, couple of things that I want to sort of bring to attention then is in helping produce results. And everyone here is organizing events and activities is what activities, well, maybe we could sort of talk a little bit about the programming side. You know, Sean, I said, you know, I met our lawyer at a dinner. Um, so some of the things that artists can do is get so focused on music, this, music, that, but at the events, we're actually trying to create spaces for conversations to happen, which increase the chances of relationships starting. So Dana, we just had, we're at your event last week. Uh, can you sort of talk about as a, as an organizer, how do you help build results through the way you organize events? And I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, we got a lot of feedback over the last couple of years that people wanted more one-on-one -on -one time with the delegates or with each other so that they could build those connections. So this year we did a series of round tables where it was like, one professional with a table of like five to 10 uh, individuals. And you had an opportunity to have like general conversation about, you know, you could get deeper onto topics instead of just like a panel where they're talking um, about a general topic. And then you can have questions at the end. Uh, and that seemed to work well. We also do something called the mentorship cafe, which is you get a dedicated hour with somebody. Um, in the beginning, it was basically you had one delegate and one artist or whatever, one industry person and one artist for the entire weekend. But uh, as it grew in popularity, we had to do, you get one day basically with an artist and delegate. Um, and that's really nice because you get the opportunity to have like a full-on conversation with somebody. You build an actual connection. And I've seen those connections grow into like four or five year plan kind of like every time they're in the same space they're going to see their shows they're like supporting them they're talking about them it's like moving forward in a more natural way uh I've seen a lot of folks like get too kind of like networky instead of just like trying to build a connection um because I think there's a fine line between like building a business and building a connection with somebody. So yeah, I, I've, I've seen, I've, I don't know, I've seen some, some bad conversations happen in one-on-one -on -one meetings. And I think that people can get a little overwhelmed with those. Uh, but the key thing that I've found over the thousand of these uh, com tiny conversations I've had with people in the last 10 years is just like, if you don't think that you can work with the person or they can't do something for you, just have a normal conversation. Cause you don't know in five years, they might be doing something different. I met someone 10 years ago who now has a completely different career and we work together almost every day on stuff. And it's like that relationship blossomed over 10 years because we just like had a drink together and it like worked out well for both of us. So um, yeah. Awesome. And uh, I'll just sort of add, uh, I, a lot of the delegates were comment, international delegates were commenting about tour of the mine and uh, yeah. oh God, yeah. local, it, I, I think it's important to say local uh, attractions and, and mm -hmm. such uh, brings memories and, and yeah. kind of like we shared that experience. Uh, Sean. Yeah, uh, I love this. I love the question, uh, Daryl, and, and, um, and those examples. You know, and I think, yeah, it's the same for us. I mean, I, I love being able to put people together to eat, have food together. You know, it's such a human thing to do. And it it does create that opportunity where it breaks down barriers and people can really get to know one another. And it's not always possible to do that at every event. I think one of the things about, you know, event to event is like understanding the vibe at the event, like understanding what is possible. You know, can you pull people together and do roundtables or do meetings or can you is it better to do a cocktail hour or can you do a dinner like what's going to work at the event and and that's one of the you know one of the things that I think we're all trying to sort of 
make sure that that we have a good sense of as we go into these different different markets so that we can try to create those things that work. Um, I think that uh, I think that you know, but yeah, for for the artists and companies, I think it's just that idea of you know being available to those things. I mean, I know the difference for me in Reapermon. If I think back to my first year going to Reapermon, I remember I had so much free time, and I and I and I can't even think of you know I can't even think about that now because it's like I didn't really I didn't know that many people. I didn't know about the events that were going on. It was like you know, and now you go and it's just and you know just kind of run off your feet going from event to event and 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 different things connecting with people. And so, so if you have that opportunity to um, to 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 build you know those relationships over time that can be that can be useful too the one other thing i was going to say is um i think one of the things maybe we don't do well enough that i would like to do more of is thinking about artist to artist relationships and i think you know this is something that i've noticed like we're we're often talking to artists about how to make the most of their trip and can we do some tour dates around an event or whatever and then you realize every artist going to that festival is trying to do tour dates around it's in some ways maybe it's the worst time to be touring in the market right um, but at the same time, it's helpful for the artist. It gives them more sense of purpose and maybe a little bit of money, and maybe they get a tour grant from it. Um, but there's other things that that folks could be doing doing too in terms of co-writing sort of opportunities, or you know, spending time in a studio with a producer, or other ways to connect with artists. And so we've been trying to think more about that. Um, I know Music Publishers has been doing doing that, you know, and some of the publishing companies have been doing more of that co-writing in the market. And then you're making a relationship with an artist there. Maybe you even end up with a song that gets cut. You know, suddenly you've got a publisher in that market representing you, and sort of like that kind of into a market, I think is really smart and something that, because of the way the showcase events and the money and the funding for showcase performances is structured, I think people have been really focused on that performance side. And I think there's opportunities with artist to artist connections that can be really, really valuable. And I, I'm not sure that we're doing a great job of that yet. I think there's more that more of that 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 we could um, that we could be doing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, funny you said that uh, when we uh, took two artists this year to Brazil, we ran a program that we called Artist by Artist uh, and uh, connected them with a local musician each so that they had a local ambassador. They could talk about language problems, learn culture. Had We had lunch and dinner, so the food aspect was there. And then they wrote songs together and recorded them in the studio. Um, and some of them are talking now about how can they go back and tour together and, and things like that. And you're right. Like, um, I think to me, what, what part of COVID has exposed is the human side of the business and artists relate to artists. And, and I think that some of the business can start there. Um, so thank you for bringing that up. One, one other thing I would say just really briefly too is that sometimes we're we're going into markets not during an event um, you know or sometimes there isn't an event that fits like we're going to go to we you know we've done this in LA a few times there's not an event that really fits our purposes in LA and so we just do our own thing there you know we just go we take some artists and companies I know Seam has done this too where you know, just build you know build a trade mission around around the needs of the companies and the artists and this and the specifics of the market um, because there isn't an event that necessarily fits. And sometimes it's good. I mean, even for us to come to Toronto, we love to, to come to Toronto not during an event. You know, we don't need to come to Toronto to meet international folks. You know, we want to meet the Toronto companies and, and connect with the Toronto artists. And so, you know, come together, which is happening next week, is an excuse for us to come outside of an event, less distraction, more focused on what we're doing. And we've been doing that for, you know, 10 years, like coming in the spring or in the fall, sort of outside of, a, of events. And artists, I think, can and companies can do that too. You know, not everything has to be around a festival um, showcase or conference. Yeah, it, we're actually having some talks exactly about that because it's easier, I think, to have no competition. Uh, like this is the showcase happening, not one among twenty showcase happening. Showcase happening. Uh, and I got to say, uh, when I was invited to January uh, music meeting in. Winnipeg I was like January really <laughs> but it was great it was great so thank you uh, Andrew uh, would like to hear uh, from you on this uh, yeah well I think Dana and Sean covered a lot of it I, I, I sort of wanted to double back to something that Dana said though because I, I thought it was really important for um, maybe for a lot of the folks that are on this uh, call, uh, you know, because I think you are sort of underlining, Dana, that sometimes, you know, you, 
kind of in a way <clears throat> in in your effort to kind of try to find a way to make it and make the most of that opportunity you kind of like forget or miss uh some longer term more sustainable relationships that you could build and and i i really think that this is an, a really important point because like the the music business and the myth around being a musician and, and the idea around how you make it, it is really informed by this tiny tiny percentage of performers that are these global phenoms right everyone else is you know we're not all, only the only a few are going to be phenoms but there's tons of us out there making music and so you know I would really encourage, and, and this is something that we're, we're thinking about a lot right now is, you know, is how do we build sustainable careers in the music business that, that can help you, you know, kind of pay the rent and maybe, you know, raise a family or, or if that's what you want to do. Uh, you know, I, we've, you know, to paraphrase someone who I say, you know, music's a great place to get rich, but a lousy place to make a living. And I would, I, and I think, you know, what, what we can do, and I think what we should strive to do, and I think, you know, artists should strive to think about it this way, is how can I, you know, kind of build an audience that can sustain me and my people, right? And I think that if you think about it that way, wow, things look way different then. And, and to Dana's point, I think then you see and understand the importance. And I think the theme here has been relationships. You know, then you see and understand the importance of nurturing those, those relationships, which maybe aren't evident at first that they're going to pay off. That's all I wow. have to say on that. Uh, I really love that you brought that up, Andrew. And uh, look at the time it's, we've already, blown through an hour real quick i could easily talk about this a lot longer but uh to sort of extend what you're saying andrew um sustainable careers is so important um and i think the music industry has a lot of myths of the get rich quick and you know get discovered and and it's a it's the other saying is you know the overnight success is 10 years um and one thing that i hopefully like one of the things I wanted to sort of project through a panel like this is you could be an independent emerging artist by yourself, but you're not by yourself. If you reach out to these organizations and even like we had Corey Crossman from the London music city office, we had Mike Tanner from Toronto's music city office. There's people at different levels that can help you. And I think sometimes as a musician, it's daunting to send that first email or make that first phone call because they don't know the questions to ask. And what we're hoping to do is sort of even break down those sort of barriers for artists is to know where to go to get information, how to get plugged into a community that is organizing events, that is active in educational. Uh, like we're, we're doing conferences, but everyone here is doing panels and webinars and sessions. And I think that that will all help lead you to the, on the right path. Um, so I, you know, challenge everybody to go to the websites of your music city office, your provincial association, go to SEMA's website. If there's a membership, I, I really highly strongly suggest signing up because you'll get plugged in to the network. And uh, one thing that, and I noticed some of the comments and such, um, in us hosting online, a uh, couple of things that have come out is uh, some artists, you know, crowds is not their thing and, and potentially talking to people for the first time, introducing themselves, uh, maybe health and wellness anxiety trigger for them. Uh, so use the online spaces as much as you can, because I feel that that might be a little bit more comfortable for you uh, to get to where you need to go uh, to make these types of connections. So um, I really appreciate the everyone's comments and times uh, today. Uh, it's been great. And again, Andrew, I really like those comments about sustainable careers. Uh, that's what we're all hoping for. 
And most of the people that are running these are musicians, passionate. Like this music industry is driven by passion first, I, I got to say, but uh, a lot of the people in these positions are musicians themselves and uh, uh, are doing it because this is a part of their passion as well. So thank you, everybody. All right. So that does it for the podcast for this week. Hope everyone enjoyed that conversation from Indie Week 2022. Speaking of our conferences, uh, of course, we have one coming up very, very shortly from February 7th and 9th. That is Screen by Screen, the Music and Tech Conference. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know this really is the year of artificial intelligence, AI. You see everyone talking about chat, GPT, and all these other tools that are starting to kind of revolutionize the way a lot of people go about a lot of daily tasks in their jobs and in their lives. So there's going to be a lot of talk about AI at screen by screen, but not just that, whether it's blockchain, NFTs, crypto, or just basic things like social media tools and email tools and other things that can help artists and companies and professionals um, we're going to be talking about it. We're bringing some excellent panels of experts and interviewees to uh, help share. There'll be Be Present Everywhere where you can actually connect um, with some of these industry experts and professionals and other music creators. So yeah, um, if you're on whether the creation side or the business side of music and you're interested or just know you need to know about a lot of these emerging technologies, um, screen by screen is the place to do it. So go to screenxscreen.com. Of course, tickets are on sale. Head over there. We look forward to seeing you. And lastly, before we go, just one last thank you to our uh, Indie Week sponsors. Those are Slate Music, CD Baby, Actor Racks, CMRRA, Lyric Find, Banzoogle, SEMA, The City of Toronto, Global Affairs Canada, Ontario Creates, Factor, Seneca College, and the SoCan Foundation. And we also acknowledge that this project is funded in part by the Government of Canada. All right. Thank you so much, everyone. See you back here again next week.